0: Welcome to Feminist Frequency Radio. This is the show that asks you to be critical of the media you love. I'm Kat Spada, and this season we're breaking up the flow with mini episodes I'm calling Fortnightly Freakouts, where I'll run through brief reviews and industry news. Sometimes these episodes will also include short conversations with guests about specific projects that I just wanted to talk about without doing a full breakdown. This week, for example, I'm rejoined by Macho's fully loaded co-host A.C. Lamberty to chat about the new documentary that's on MAX called Rock Hudson, All That Haven't Allowed. But first, I've been spending a lot of time on the picket lines in support of the Writers Guild strike this summer. I'm not a member of the WGA, but I am a writer who would love to be one someday. Uh, I was still in school studying screenwriting during the last writers strike in 2007, And it's a completely different experience now, 16 years later. For me personally, as I have a better understanding of the industry, but also for just witnessing the morale and the energy that I'm seeing and all of that which is needed to sustain collective action. That's the most necessary thing in order to hold the line during a strike. I have to think that social media is stoking the flames of FOMO, getting the word out about special events and picket themes, and overall, I think there's a general unrest with the changing face of labor in an industry that more and more pits art and commerce against each other. I've noticed that at several of the picket locations, there are donations that have been organized by the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, Los Angeles chapter. And I think in general, just seeing that kind of union solidarity, teachers have shown up, farm workers have shown up, Directors, actors, uh, and I've seen a little bit of writer skilled members also showing up for hotel employees who are on strike, etc. Um, personally, it's been very uh, heartwarming to see that, and also something that I wasn't paying as much attention to during the last writer's strike. If you're looking to learn more about the strike and labor issues from industry insiders, I have a couple of recommendations i've been listening to the script notes podcast from john august and the last of us series creator craig Mazin. i've been reading the strike geist newsletter from the ankler and enjoying social media updates from writer and comedian francesca ramsey all three of those are linked in the show notes i've also made it to a lot of movies and theaters in the last few weeks As I was writing these down and checking my letterboxed, I was realizing just how much I consume, but I don't see that as a negative. I also have revisited some projects from previous episodes of Feminist Frequency Radio. I finally watched Lois Weber's 1916 film Shoes, which Anita and Ebony discussed during Hollywood through the decades, and I started watching Johnny Mnemonic in Black and White. But seeing it once was enough for our cyberpunk summer episode with Ryan Broderick last year. So I really only watched about half an hour of that. Um, But if you haven't seen Shoes and you have the Criterion channel, it's on there. It's an hour long and it is a hoot. It is a very sad, dark movie, but I really found it very watchable, which isn't always the case with the silent film. So check it out. In theaters, I've watched... And I think I'm even missing some that I did not put in letterboxed. But I've been watching Joyride, The Blackening, No Hard Feelings, Past Lives, You Hurt My Feelings, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. No Hard Feelings is wonderful, uh, but Past Lives is my favorite movie of the year so far. I might actually get some guests to come on for a full episode about it later because I really haven't stopped thinking about it. Performances, the storytelling of filmmaker Celine Song... The references, the way it uses technology, all of that has just really, just really stuck with me. Uh, Whereas in a completely different vein, I had so much fun seeing Joyride, which had the original working title of Joy Fuck Club. So if you, like some friends of mine, hadn't heard of the movie and thought I was talking about like a movie that had come out in the early aughts that is called Joyride, which I had not heard of. This is a road trip buddy comedy that is audacious and sexy and it does like a little bit of heartstring tugging, but mostly it's just a comedy that is about four folks having fun and I, I loved it. I totally would go see it again. It's stars Stephanie Shu and Ashley Park had already won me over in previous roles. Yes, I watch Emily in Paris uh, and I can't wait to see more from their castmates Sherry Cola and Sabrina Wu. On streaming, I caught up with 3 Minutes a Lengthening, 1001 Knock at the Cabin, Wildflower, and Flame and Hot. I'm really just going to focus right now on the documentary 3 Minutes a Lengthening from director Bianca Stigter. It uses 3 minutes of found footage filmed during a visit to Poland in 1938 to tell the stories of thousands of Jews killed in the Holocaust. What makes this so fascinating as a Holocaust, World War II documentary is how it never shows you any visuals outside of this footage. And it examines the purpose of documentary and film and technology and how we use these things to cement the legacy of lives lived and lost. I really appreciated it, like that it wasn't just a straightforward, talking heads, modern era film of this town square. You never look away from the same three minutes of footage. And the filmmakers and the edit draw your attention to certain things, certain faces and places. And they also use uh, technology to work with the footage. It had almost been destroyed by time. So it it really was like a fascinating, not only the story of the people in this town in Poland and a story of the atrocities, but a story about film and memory. And I really... Again, that that one has stuck with me for reasons I was not expecting. And finally, like totally off, off topic, I don't know, is there a topic? I had a really great night babysitting my 12-year-old niece and watching a double feature of <laughs> Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken and Beetlejuice, which was maybe a perfect preteen movie night. One half horsey and adventurous, another half creepy and artistic in the best way. Potentially partly creepy because I forgot that Alec Baldwin is in it since I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Um, but man, I mean, what a what a what a fun ride that movie is. Anyway, this has been your fortnightly freakout from me, Cat Spada. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore ex underscore machina, and I'm trying to figure out Blue Sky and or threads as well. Be sure to follow Feminist Frequency at femfreak while we figure out what's next with the social media landscape. And now, on to my conversation with A.C. Lamberty about the new documentary from director Stephen Kijak, Rock Hudson, All That Heaven Allowed. A.C.
1: Hi. <laughs> Welcome
0: back to Talking About Men.
1: You thought you could get rid of me. How foolish. How foolish.
0: We strapped into our chairs and strapped on Max's <laughs> new documentary, Rock Hudson, all <laughs> the heaven allowed. And I don't know, it's just a random because for these um fortnightly freak out episodes, I'm just kind of talking about like the things I'm I'm watching and digging. And I hadn't seen this yet, but I was intrigued by it. And I was like, well, AC and I can watch it and and have a little chat.
1: Yeah.
0: What is your Exposure to Rock Hudson before this,
1: yeah, very little, honestly. I have a yeah. quite robust watch list coming out of it, which I am very excited about. But my, I really only have seen all that heaven allows, which I loved. Um, I saw it in theaters for the first time, like on thirty-five millimeter or whatever. And it was mm. gorgeous, and like it's just so amazing. Um, and then, interestingly, which is like this is touched a bit on in the doc. I think I had him confused with Tab Hunter yeah. for most of my life because I had, I've seen, I'm a huge John Waters fan. I've seen all of his films. He makes a lot of references to like Rock Hudson and Tab Hunter and Tab Hunter is in polyester as like a Rock Hudson figure. Yeah. And so I think I got them mixed up in my head. So I know like the archetype um, and I knew about him dying of AIDS and I knew about all the heaven labs, but that's pretty much it. Like, I think I just kind of knew the mythology.
0: Same. I I think of him mostly as the Rock Hudson and Doris Day, like yes. the Pillow Talk, which I like. I know I've seen Pillow Talk, mm-hmm. but it, he's not a big figure in my in my Hollywood memory in the same way as like a Cary Grant or you know uh, other men that we talked about totally. during the season of Machos Fully Loaded. I'm like, oh yeah, Rock Hudson. Like we all know about him. Like that was kind of yeah. it. I. I think we talked about, because we talked about James Dean, of course, with Mm -hmm. Rebel Without a Cause. And like I've still never seen Giant.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: I always thought, oh, that's that James Dean Elizabeth Taylor movie. (laughs) Oh. Didn't realize like Rock Hudson is the central character (laughs) (laughs) and star until watching this doc. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting that like he was the entire timeline of like a 20th century. Gay Hollywood, in a way, to be like coming up in that wartime era Mm -hmm. studio system. Yeah. And then, like, to be closing it out on Dynasty. Yeah. And everything in between an Oscar nomination and everything in between.
1: Yeah. There is like a particular kind of tragedy, too, to like where he ends up and kind of Mm -hmm. stars of that time period. Just the fall feels really hard, and I felt that in this doc for sure. Um, I don't think I I knew the scope of how famous he was, which I think speaks to like our knowledge of him (laughs) before this. Yeah,
0: I had kind of heard because I'd heard some reviews of this documentary that Mm. I think, and they were from gay male reviewers who were kind of like grappling with like, is it ghoulish to get so into the details of his personal life when he was very Private. protective of it but then like when i was watching it i was like was he like he was but also he was not like he was living yeah, out
1: i mean it's it's the way. way a lot and like i am sure there are celebrities doing that now you know what i mean like yeah i don't yeah it really is like if you know you know and he he like picked and chose which makes a lot of sense to me i don't know um, I will say it delivered on, like, amazing, insane sex details <laughs> of, like, gay Hollywood past. Really enjoyed that part of it.
0: I'm always happy when Armist- Armistead Moppen shows up. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I always just see it like his yes. name, Tales of the City. But Completely. Um, yeah, like, I think that it, this is also one of those things where he against his will is like the face of AIDS and yeah. him being out, is like just out as having AIDS, let alone out as being gay, mm. like potentially was hugely beneficial to like a lot of people. Yeah. But in the documentary, they're like, no, like he didn't save any lives. Everybody died.
1: Like- <laughs> I don't know. Act three or like kind of the last half of it, I guess. I, the tone was really strange around the AIDS Mm -hmm. epidemic. Like I, the activism part, of course, I was thinking too, I was like, wow, it seems like this doc is simultaneously positioning him as like this activist hero, like reluctant uh, face of a movement or whatever, which I think is kind of inaccurate. Like, I don't, I think he would resist that characterization. But yeah, and then like you said, there are also these talking heads of people in his life who are like, well, what the fuck does it matter? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we all died. So, very
0: strange. The documentary is is not great. Like, it the filmmaking of it, it felt very like, oh, this is how I would make a documentary because yeah. I am not a skilled documentarian. Right, like, I would absolutely pull all of the sound bites from his old movies that seem to like fit or.
1: Completely thematically match what someone's talking
0: about. Yeah, where they're like, and then he was on Death's Door, and then they cut to a scene of him from a movie, like, talking about death. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, like, we know what death is. For
1: sure. sure.
0: (laughs) Um, Or, you know... Why are you such a gay bachelor all the time? <laughs> like every <laughs> snippet of that, which I was like, "This is 100% the documentary I yeah. have made."
1: <laughs> it, it really is like what makes up a documentary: a talking head, <laughs> some archival footage. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah.
0: But let's talk more about yeah the fun stuff, okay? The 40s, 50s, 60s god
1: damn i wish i was there i will say every supporting man is like some fucking twink who left the midwest for la and i was like i'm i'm proud to carry on the lineage like i'm happy to support happy to be here
0: it it, it was so like i loved The picture of Hollywood. Yes. Less even the picture of like gay life or the picture of this man. But the picture of like some gay guy who ran a casting thing in Hollywood being like, so we got to get a bunch of Midwestern twinks who are sailors and soldiers. Mm -hmm. Tell them to not stop working out and then take pictures of them in the shower. (laughs) And that's how we're going to create a generation of leading men.
1: (laughs) He's just like me for real. So brilliant. I love it.
0: The manager guy. Oh, my is interesting. God.
1: It's truly, like, image brand-making OG. Fascinating. Yeah. All of the talk about aesthetics and bodies and sexuality is really interesting. Thinking mm-hmm. about, like, Marvel and DC. and just kind of like right. the superhero landscape now, which feels weirdly equivalent. Like,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: the shaping of bodies. But there there also is, like more of an inherent sexuality with these rock cuts and like studio films that there is with Marvel films. Like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's a weird evolution yeah. there somehow.
0: Well, that it seemed like a, they said it was sort of a reaction to these like effeminate theater men. Yeah. Like your Errol Flynn's or your Laurence Olivier's who came from the stage and they were just right. wearing more, more makeup a on their faces. Film.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure
0: but I also loved the, like, the gossip churn industry and the, like, possibly, like, wicked lesbian that he marries for three
1: years. Yes.
0: She needed to chill.
1: I I mean, she's iconic. (laughs) It seems so mean.
0: (laughs) So mean. Like, first of all, you see this woman, she is the secretary of, like, Hollywood's homosexual casting hub.
1: Yes. I wrote in my notes I'm like, honorary hack, like, yeah. like big time.
0: She absolutely <laughs> knew what was going on. She was probably a lesbian herself. Yeah. And then she just was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want to be seen as like, just, just the complicit wife or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get my alimony and write a book, which, yeah. you know, the original real housewife, honestly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ugh, I did love all of the, like, just kind of gay dude friendships mm, in this. Yeah. Like, his friendship with, what are their names? George Nader and Mark Miller. This couple, the gay couple that he just meets and becomes friends with. I'm like, I'm sure they fucked probably. But I'm like, yeah. they're just besties. I, he has a couple different relationships like that that I just found very beautiful and sweet. And I loved hearing stories about him being like, raunchy and like a little party boy, it was just like that's so cool, it's like so humanizing that like that's someone I would have maybe been friends with, you know what I mean, yeah just love that
0: that was very that was like a beautiful portrait of like Southern California also like. Yeah. Uh- Going to Laguna, going to the desert, going to Joshua Tree. But oh, my God. Was like, they were like,
1: we're going to Laguna, boys trip. I was like, you're so gay. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> like, it's so crazy.
0: Yeah, like, one guy who's like, I mean, we were just play like, we just played around. We went skiing. We went on some trips. And there's a picture of just, like, eight boys skiing. <laughs> yeah, like, it's
1: so sweet.
0: That's nice. Like, they, there was yeah. a community. Like, that's, that, at, at the time, like, before... Necessarily, like the community that arose from like the political element of the eighties mm-hmm. that yeah. there was just a community of like people who were really living their lives like enjoying like what a mm-hmm. what a peak of for of freedom for these guys, and they talked about the the pain of the closet, yeah, but it didn't like at least the picture I saw wasn't necessarily that that rock Hudson was like. I'm grappling with like whether or not to come out. I think yeah. it was just like, no, this is just, this, this is just life. Is. Yeah. This is how I get to live this way, but to the public, I'm another way.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's a truly like work life kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> I love all of the gay community stuff at the time, like locations and whatever, mm-hmm. um, and like even referencing like, adult theaters that he went to and like that amazing story of like him going to this orgy and yeah. <laughs> like seeing him walk around and people being like oh my god that's rock Hudson. Um <laughs> a lot of the locations that like we see in archival footage or our reference or whatever are parodied in Hustler White ah, the Bruce, Bruce movie that we yes. talk about in Machos so still highly recommend I was like wow I have a new appreciation for this I feel really smart Um I feel like we need to talk about how he looks?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we do yeah, the, the aesthetics, yeah. the, the hair, body, face. Exactly.
1: Uh, <laughs> As Diane Warren would say,
0: <laughs> what a beautiful guy!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we've talked about Paul Newman, and like Paul Newman and Marlon Brando and Rock Hudson, I think, are in the same like face uh yeah. network of like totally. pillowy lips and like a nice yes. strong facial features. But there's a scene where they talk about, like, he did a role that was beneath him so that he could be in a yeah. double-circ movie and he plays, like, a soda jerk. Right. And it's Hyper so... Laurie is
1: like, how dare he? <laughs> so sexy.
0: <laughs> yeah. How dare you, like, put him in a role for a teenager?
1: <laughs> he's so, a man.
0: <laughs> bless her. I love her. Um, yeah, he's he's just, like, barrel-chested and tall and tan, like... And I think that that really did, did get into, like, the shift that is still there, I think, of, like, blue-collar work and mm-hmm. masculinity and then, like, yeah. the sexualization of that where all those promotional photos, he's got, like, a rake or, yes. like, a hammer or something and he's sweaty and it's like...
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so... I mean, I feel like we talked about this in the, like, Machos Who Are Gay episode, but it's, like, <laughs> an aesthetic that is projecting heterosexuality so hard that it just comes all the way back around to be just the hottest gay shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Oh, he's, he's so beautiful. And I love the that explanation, that kind of soda jerk scene, too, where it's, mm. like, the inclination was initially to cast him in action roles or kind of, like, swashbuckling hero roles but he, those movies were flops, and people didn't watch them. But then, like, once he became like the Prince Charming, he was winning awards. He was making a yeah. of money. He was like the doll. So, yeah. And Prince Charming is just—it's perfect. Like that is—he's so beautiful. It's crazy.
0: Until his evil lesbian wife took all his money <laughs> from him in the divorce. <laughs> so crazy. So, in conclusion, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say anyone needs to watch this doc. Yeah, but i also have like a rock hudson viewing list that Mm -hmm. i am intending to build upon so what are some projects like if you're listening to this and you're like i want to know more about like this mid-century like icon um Mm -hmm. what are some things that you're gonna check out
1: let's see okay The only one I've seen, as mentioned, is All That Heaven Allows, but it's lovely. It's so beautiful. Douglas Sirk, melodrama. I even just recommend it, even if you don't give a shit about Rock Hudson. It's, like, worth watching. It's so, it's lovely. Um, I want to watch Seconds really badly. There's a whole section of the doc where it's, like, this was such a departure for Rock, and I'm very interested in that.
0: Yeah, so that's, like, a 1966 body horror sci-fi movie. Yeah. Just from the clips they played, I gathered that it was, like, a man who has surgery to, like, reconfigure his appearance for some reason and is haunted, you know, by it. And it looked very, it looked very dark, and they talked a lot about the meta-commentary of, like, was Roy Fitzgerald, was that his real name? Yeah. Yeah, Like, the making and unmaking of a man and of an image, that definitely is on my list.
1: Totally. Here's the, the letterbox log line for seconds. Yeah. A secret organization offers wealthy people a second chance at life. The customer picks out someone they want to be and the organization surgically alters them to look like the intended person stages. The customer's death gets rid of the person and the customer takes on a new life. So that's the, the conceit there. Dang. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And I haven't seen any of the Doris Day stuff, um, Mm. which is, like, your primary association. Um, So I'll have to check those out. I know they're, like, very fluffy and funny and cute.
0: Yeah, but definitely, like, that they approach talking about sexuality in a way uh, that—have you ever seen the— parody homage down with love
1: yes i have actually and i love it i love that yeah Yeah.
0: then you've got to watch pillow talk it's like there are like shots that are like frame by frame man
1: i mean that one side by side where it's clearly just like a practical set split down the middle with their feet on the wall i was like that's amazing i love stuff like that yeah yeah, so
0: visually uh, incredible i so i definitely want to watch seconds i want to watch giant uh for sure And then, you know, I, like, I'm a Columbo, uh, viewer. So I'd like to maybe watch an episode of Macmillan. I'm just curious. What was, what was the like kind of second act for this guy? Um, For sure. And yeah, like pleased to know more about this man, but, um, you know, as documentaries go, it's fine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I will say my one other nitpick with it or like a little questionable moment there's this whole sequence where Rock Hudson is supposed to kiss Linda Evans, yes, on a TV show, and this is like right after he's found out he has AIDS, and I mean he hasn't told anybody but his friends, whatever. And he kisses her in the scene and they do a bunch of takes and Linda Evans is like, he's so closed off and cold and it was like a horrible experience. Like it wasn't the Rock Hudson I knew, whatever. And he and his journal was like, I didn't want to give her AIDS from kissing her. I felt horrible, whatever. The documentary doesn't really go out of its way to like dispel anything about how AIDS is transmitted. And I felt like that was maybe a little bit irresponsible. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know. It got a little bit sensational. You it, left,
0: it left a lot up to Linda Evans tear filled confessional where she's like, yeah. at the time we didn't know. And like, yeah, they should have said kissing cannot transmit yeah. HIV or AIDS. Like, and, but yes, at the time they did not know, like,
1: yeah, right.
0: Fair to say that that, that sure. was the fear at the time, but agree with you that they just like, I remember watching the ESPN 30 for 30 about magic Johnson and like, his coach puts a bandaid on his knee when he has like a small injury and how the coach at the time was like, I knew how important it was that the cameras see me put the bandaid on him without putting gloves on. Yeah, Like that this would be huge for the audience and for him Mm. like that, you know, they could have gone, they could have just spent a moment on that
1: agree yeah Yeah. but yeah agree as far as docs go i feel like if you're a huge stan like it'll be so satisfying to like hear all the fun little stories and i don't know salacious details and stuff but yeah agree maybe we should all just watch more rock Hudson movies
0: yeah well thanks for checking this one out with me
1: always i'll see you soon yeah for something special (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye bye